Villas Grace Church. Building relationships that make followers of Jesus. Know, grow, go. To know him, to grow in him, to go with him. He uh, deserved to give Joe another round of applause on that. Truly fortunate to have Joe here at Villa's Grace Church. Mike and Zara as well, Pastor Steve, everybody that leads us in our singing songs, praising the name of Christ. We are still in our sermon series in Philippians, joyfully growing in Jesus. That is the tagline. Because when we look at the overarching theme of Philippians, that's exactly what we feel like we're being encouraged to do. We're being encouraged to joyfully grow in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are gathered together this morning because of your grace. It is this gift of salvation that brings us together to want to worship who you are. I pray that as we transition now to the proclamation of your word, Lord, that we allow your truth to penetrate our heart. We allow your truth to convict us, but not only convict us, but also encourage us in Jesus. It is in his name that we pray. Amen. Michelangelo's David was sculpted out of marble back in 1501. Now, any of you that know anything about Michelangelo's David, there's a reason why we're only looking at the bust this morning. Judging by your response, you know why. (laughs) To me, it's amazing how a block of marble can be turned into such a beautiful sculpture. It can be turned into another artist's masterpiece. And speaking of a block of marble, it's been said that Michelangelo once saw a block of marble. I'm not sure if it was the David or not. But he looked at this large square block of marble and he said this. He said, I see an angel inside of there waiting to get out. And then he began to chisel the angel out. We could see that being true, especially with what we see right here in this masterpiece that started with nothing other than a simple block of marble. He turned it into this church. This is like us to God. He is working on us. We are God's workmanship. We are His masterpiece. But you know what's unfortunate? We tend to think he is our masterpiece. We forget that he earned our salvation. Therefore, there is no amount of good deeds done. There is no amount of positive things said about you by others or their favorable opinions of who you are that will earn your salvation. And this brings us to the title of our sermon this morning. The title for our sermon is this, Faith Not Works. Faith Not Works. This morning you can join in your Bible. If not, we will have the verses on the screen for you. We're going to be in Philippians, starting at chapter 3. 
going through verses 1 through 11. Last week, Pastor Jared encouraged us to have a Christian worldview. See, if you remember, we took a one Sunday break from Philippians and had a little bit of a sermon that was apologetic in nature, but Pastor Jared really encouraged us to have a worldview that is gospel-focused. We were encouraged to know that the Christian worldview explains our origins of where we came from. It explains the meaning of life and our morals as well as our destiny, where it is that we're going. Today we're going to be encouraged by the fact that our faith earns the righteousness of Christ. I want to say that again. We are going to be encouraged today that our faith is what earns the righteousness of Christ. And this is a righteousness that could never be earned by work that we do on our own. So therefore, with this being said, let's take a look at our text this morning. Philippians chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as a loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Amen. These verses can be summed up into this one main idea. And that idea is this. Faith in Jesus, not our works, earns our righteous standing before God. Faith in Jesus, not our works, earns our righteous standing before God. For all of those of you who have painted before, allow me to ask you this one simple question about painting. Is one coat enough? Do we wish it was enough? Yeah. I don't know how many times I thought, oh, one coat's going to do it, then it dries, and I'm like, looks like it's going to be a second. See, one coat of painting is not enough because it will wear off eventually. And this reminds me of teaching. See, anyone who is a good teacher will utilize repetition. Why? Well, see, the average mind requires repetition of truth again and again, especially before that truth can be your own. 
right out of the gate, we see Paul repetitiously putting on a second coat of paint in our first three verses this morning. So we ask the question as we look at these first three verses, where's his second coat of paint? Where is this paint in verses 1, 2, and 3? If we look specifically in verse 1, which should be on the screen for you now, Paul writes this, he says, To write the same things to you is no trouble to me. What are the same things which Paul is writing? What are these things? He's writing about faith, not works. Again, he's about to remind the Philippians how they can achieve a righteous standing before God, which is why he starts out in verse 1 by saying, Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. Church, we need to rejoice in what Jesus has done. We need to rejoice in the work of Jesus Christ. So what does the word rejoice even mean? What does it mean to rejoice? It means to be glad. It means to take delight in. So the question is, are you glad in Jesus? Do you take delight in? in Him, in His work, or are you running alongside the dogs? Are you blinded by the evildoers? After all, verse 2 does say, look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. Do you know who the dogs are? Who are these dogs? Do you know who the evildoers are? Who are these evildoers? Those in which we need to be on guard for, be on the lookout for. Who are the dogs? Who are the evildoers? See, they are those who teach and preach a false gospel. The fake good news. Not the fake news. The fake good news. See, it's those who promote self-help. It's those who promote self-motivation. Those who portray God as someone who is impressed, who is enamored by human effort. Church, last time I checked, God's not impressed by you. He's impressed by Jesus. Which is why Paul ends verse 3 by saying this, by talking about the faithful in Christ, he says, who worship by the Spirit of God and glory of Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. I don't know about you, but I'm sure glad that my salvation isn't based upon my own personal performance but I sure am glad that it's based upon the performance of Jesus. This is why we should give him all the credit for everything that we are in Jesus Christ. So let's face some facts and ask two questions as they pertain to salvation. The first question is this. 
Are you really confident that you've walked this earth in a manner worthy of salvation? Honestly. Ask yourself that question. Are you confident that you've walked in a manner worthy of salvation? If you're truly honest with yourself, I know if I'm truly honest with myself, I'm going to say no. We're all insecure, riddled with self-doubt. Now, I'm okay asking that first question because I like this second question a lot better. The second question is this. Are you confident that Jesus walked this earth worthy of your salvation? Yes. Because what does God's word say in 1 Corinthians? It says this, For our sake He made Him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. Oh yeah. And as it pertains to repetition... Preach this truth to yourself each and every day. It's the reason why we can look at no, grow, go, and look at no in the beginning and say the 289 course, whether you're here, 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 or here in your walk with Christ, you will benefit. Why? Because we should be preaching this good news to ourselves each and every day. Day. Last time I checked, the good news does not get old. And this brings us to the first point this morning. Our first point is this. We take delight in the work of Jesus as faith in his labor alone leads to salvation. We take delight, or we could say rejoice, we rejoice in the work of Jesus as Faith in His labor alone leads to salvation. And let us not forget, which is faith in Jesus, not our works, earns our righteous standing before God. Egypt in Africa, northern Africa, would not be what it is today if it wasn't for the Nile. And as you look at this beautiful picture of the Nile in Egypt. We look at this and see that it's credited for having deposited soil all over Egypt. Its annual overflow maintains Egyptian fertility. The limits of the Nile really are the limits of Egypt. Egypt is what it is because the Nile is what it is. Without the Nile, Egypt would be just another desert. We see green because of the gospel is to Christianity as to what the Nile is to Egypt. See, the Holy Spirit has deposited fertile soil for our growth. God's overflowing love, grace, mercy, peace, and faithfulness further aids the fertility of our growth. Without the gospel, a.k.a. the good news, Christianity would be like all other religions, spiritually dead like a barren desert. Let's take a look at our next three verses, 7, 8, and 9 specifically. In 7, Paul writes, 
But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. See, according to the world, he had much to lose. Remember at the end of verse 3, he reminded us to, what does it say? Put no confidence in the flesh. So let's not forget what happened specifically in verses 5 and 6. Though these verses are not on the screen. In verses 5 and 6 today, they were a list of all of Paul's earthly accomplishments, all of his achievements. In fact, in verse 6 it says, as to righteousness under the law, he's talking about himself, he's saying, as to my righteousness under the law, blameless. Perfection. So what's this law that Paul's speaking of? We can keep it simple and just stick with the Ten Commandments. Even though Paul admits to not breaking any of the Ten Commandments physically, there is one thing we know, and that is this. He didn't break one of those Ten Commandments physically, but he did keep that law with an unrighteous heart, or rather a self-righteous heart. How do we know that his heart was self-righteous? Where do we see that in these verses? In verse 8, he says this, I count everything as a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. See, Paul coming to know Jesus marked the beginning of him coming to know his own sinful heart. On that road to Damascus is when Paul came to terms with how sinful his heart truly is. Church, does your knowledge of Christ expose your sinful heart? Do you feel like your sinful heart is exposed because of what you know about Jesus? See, everything in life that you want to work for, everything that you're currently working for now, or maybe things you have worked for, under the power of your own flesh, is nothing more than garbage. Paul encourages us in the same, which is why he ends verse 8 by saying this. He says, For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. Everything I've done before on my own is rubbish. I kept the law. I was blameless. But it's rubbish because I realized after having come to know Christ that I did so in self-righteousness. And he ends by saying, in order that I may gain Christ. Personal achievements were no longer center stage in Paul's life. Do you know why? Because he no longer put himself in the spotlight. He now has placed Jesus under the spotlight's center stage in his life. So, what is it that you want to do? What is it that you're currently Doing? What is it that you reflect back on in your life and stand a little taller because you have done? Church, what are you willing to lose in order to gain Jesus?
what are you willing to give up? See, to lose everything and gain Christ is to have faith in the gospel, a.k.a. the good news. And we define that under Milton Vincent's definition, the good news of salvation for hell-deserving sinners through the person and work of Jesus Christ. Paul understands that he's a hell-deserving sinner. It doesn't matter all the good things he did. The good news now tells him his righteous standing comes through Christ. And it's to have faith in what we see in verse 9. It's to be what it says, found in him. It's to not have a righteousness of my own, as Paul writes, but it's to have a righteousness, as he says, that comes through Christ, which is the what? The righteousness of God. And again, what supports this whole entire notion? Where is Paul anchoring his argument right smack dab at the end of verse 8 where he says that depends, or we could say relies, that depends on faith. Faith in Jesus and his work. God didn't design Christianity around you. He didn't design Christianity around me. He designed Christianity around Jesus. Therefore, you are not who you think you are, unless who you think you are is based upon who you really truly are in Christ. Church, without the gospel, without the good news of Jesus, our Christian faith would be like the Egyptian wasteland without the Nile. Just another barren dry, dead desert. Christianity is the only religion in the world that says you cannot please God by what you do. Christianity is the only religion that says God is only pleased in you if you have faith in what Jesus did. And with that being said, we've thus arrived at our second point this morning. And that point is this. To know Christ is to know that all must be lost in order for everything to be gained. To know Christ is to know that all must be lost in order for everything to be gained. And our main point this morning, again, says... Faith in Jesus, not our works, earns our righteous standing before God. I want to show you this photo from Protection Island. Protection Island is found in the New Hybrid Islands, just off the eastern coast of Australia. This particular photo that you're looking at is from 1890, so it kind of goes back just a bit. See, the New Hebrides Islands are just off the eastern coast of Australia, and during this time, around this time, the turn of the 19th century, there was a missionary that went by the name of John G. Payton from Scotland. Payton left Scotland to be a missionary on these islands. He wanted to preach the gospel to the people of the islands. However, there was a little bit of an issue as he set to embark upon traveling to New Hybrids Islands. The people of the islands were known for being cannibalistic. 
and as he was about ready to depart, there was a well-meaning person that was a member of his church that said, the cannibals, the cannibals, you will be eaten by the cannibals, trying to warn Peyton as he left. Let me read you Peyton's response. He says this, I confess to you that I can live and die serving my Lord Jesus Christ. It makes no difference to me whether I'm eaten by cannibals or worms. For in that great day of resurrection, my body will rise as fair as yours in the likeness of our risen Redeemer. Talk about being willing to lose it all in order to gain Jesus Christ. Church, do you believe what the gospel tells you? Do you really, truly believe what the good news tells you? Do you have faith that one day you'll receive a new resurrected body? One that is perfect, never having been tainted by sin, just like Jesus? We get a glimpse of Paul's hope in our final two verses this morning. So please follow along as I read these final two verses aloud. Paul says this, That I may know Him in the power of His resurrection and may share His sufferings becoming like Him in the death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. He says that I may know Him. This reminds me of the back of a truck that I saw just this week. I kid you not. The back of this 18-wheel semi-trailer had this huge sign that everybody had to see behind it, and it said this. It said, it's better to know Jesus, as Paul's talking about knowing Jesus, it's better to know Jesus before you meet him, because stop, drop, and roll doesn't work in hell. I thought to myself, thank you for the gospel reminder. See, that's what's amazing. We talk about preaching the gospel to ourselves each and every day. That's how you preach the gospel to yourself. By reading something like that and going back to what Scripture says. We have every opportunity to do so. See, to know Jesus is to know the what? What does Paul say? The power of His resurrection. And the gospel tells us that if we have faith in his resurrection, we'll be resurrected too. So again, do you believe what the good news tells you? As Mike comes up and we close out this morning, I'd like to get real with you for just a moment here and be completely transparent, open, and honest. See, this isn't easy in our lives. Let's face it. It's not easy. Are you ready to do as it says here? Are you ready to share in his sufferings? Are you ready to become like him in his death? Are you ready to experience the loss of all things and count them as rubbish? Are you ready to relinquish all your confidence in the flesh? Are you ready to not care whether it's a cannibal or a bunch of worms that eat your dead, decaying body? All because you know that through your faith in His death, 
burial and resurrection that you one day, as it says right here, may attain the resurrection from the dead. You've heard people say, here today, gone tomorrow. According to the gospel, they got that one backwards. Gone today, here tomorrow. We know we can be gone today to be here tomorrow because of our faith in Jesus and our obtaining the resurrection from the dead. Amen is right. And this lands us on our third and final point this morning. To know Jesus is to be confidently assured of the resurrection from our eventual death. To know Jesus is to be confidently assured of the resurrection from our eventual death. Again, our first point this morning, as a reminder, we take delight in the work of Jesus as faith in His labor alone leads to salvation. Also, our second point this morning stated, to know Christ is to know that all must be lost in order for everything to be gained. To know Christ is to know that all must be lost in order for everything to be gained. And again, our final and main point this morning, the overarching point for all these 11 verses was this, faith in Jesus, not our works, earns our righteous standing before God. So, in light of the gospel, in light of the good news, let's ask that question. Grace, what have you done? What have you done? God's grace murdered on that cross. Jesus sacrificed it all in order for us to have faith in that sacrifice and be looked upon as being righteous before God. I want to ask death, where is your sting? Because as the song goes that we sang this morning, oh to be like you, oh to be like you, give all I have to know you. What are you willing to give up to know Jesus? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, your grace is enough. This gift of salvation. I want to pray for us as a local church right now, and I want to ask that we never get sick and tired of hearing the good news of salvation. I pray that we can encourage one another time and time again of what that means for our eventual salvation. And I want to pray also, Lord, that you use us to share this truth with those who do not know who you are. Thank you for making this possible. We pray everything that we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, 
Look us up on our website, www.villasgrace.com, or drop us a line via email, connect at villasgrace.com.